0: back everybody to the Luke Beasley show I hope you're doing wonderful on this Thursday we have some fascinating stories to discuss so let's waste no time and jump into our first I want to take a look at some of the aftermath of the most recent Herschel Walker scandal where another woman has come out alleging like the one before that uh, he paid for her to get an abortion and as I say every single time we talk about this story or uh, the two stories now I support the right for people to get abortions, he doesn't, he tries to pretend to be the most pro-life person ever, which makes him a massive hypocrite as these stories emerge. But this most recent one that just came out is actually even worse, because adding on to the hypocritical angle, uh, she is alleging that he pressured her. She actually didn't want to get the abortion, and he pressured her, leading to her having to just cut ties with him altogether after that because she was so traumatized. So very low character individual is starting to be um the image depicted of herschel walker starting to be seems to have been but more stories bolster that and i want to look at today his denial of this and then a few other moments uh, from him in the build-up to election night so here's him going on fox news and very bizarrely and uh, ineffectively denying this most recent story that just broke
1: All right, well, this was Gloria Allred, came forward with this client. You're saying you don't know this person?
2: What I'm saying is this is a lot. And I've said it once, and I've moved on, my campaign has moved on, because we're worried about what the Georgia people are talking about. They're talking about this inflation. They're talking about crime. They're talking about men and women sports. They're talking about this border. And right now, after uh, the terrible showing that Senator Warnock did at the debate, they're desperate right now. And I've said this is a lie. I've moved on and they want me to play these guessing yep. games and all this, but I'm not. I'm not into that. I'm into winning this great seat, fight for the great people of Georgia, because that's what this is about.
0: So we're going to watch a little bit more of this interview because uh, it's just fascinating. But before we do, I want to say it's so interesting how he's doing this deeply contradictory style of, uh, of denial where, just like we saw him do with the first story, one of the big lines he used was, I've been forgiven for my past, but also this is a lie. And I kept repeating that that makes no sense. Why are you bringing up within the context of this conversation that you've been forgiven for the past things you've done, if you're denying that this particular past thing happened? Now, I understand you could say, no, those are two separate thoughts, but setting two thoughts next to each other matters within your, you know, trying to convey that point and so it seems like you're trying to both say simultaneously listen if you don't believe that this is all a lie because it's kind of hard to believe that and understand all of us probably know this is true i've been forgiven and in this interview he keeps saying i've moved on i've moved on but if you're still somehow believing my bs i'm gonna still say this is all a lie very fascinating so that First story that came out, that was his style. Now he's adjusted a little bit and says, I've moved on, but this isn't true. Well, what have you moved on from then? You didn't move on for anything because this didn't happen because you're denying all of it. Very strange, uh, but watch the rest of some of this.
1: I hear you. I hear your answer. I'm not going to belabor this, but I'm going to play this soundbite from the press conference today, and then I'm going to ask you a question on the other side. He has publicly taken the position that he is quote, about
3: life, unquote, and against abortion under any circumstances, when in fact, he pressured me to have an abortion and personally ensured that it occurred by driving me to the clinic and paying for
2: it.
1: I came forward with letters uh, that they said were signed by you. Uh, and a voicemail that they said was your voice uh, calling from the Olympics in 1992. So last thing on this, I talked to a number of voters today. Some of them, uh, this, these accusations affected them, to be honest. Uh, they said they, they just weren't sure, uh, and they didn't know if another shoe was going to drop. What do you say to those voters?
2: Well, what I say to those voters is, if you are hesitant about voting for me, think about what Joe Biden and Raphael Warnock have done in Ah, less than
0: two years. Okay, interesting. So there it is. A very weak, weak denial there and a little bit painful to watch. Okay, now let's go through a few other things from campaigns and rally type settings that have happened recently with Herschel Walker while we're on the subject. The first is Lindsey Graham stumping for him. And making an interesting point about all of this. They're scared to death of Herschel Walker, because if Herschel Walker becomes a Republican, maybe every other young child in America of color might want to be a Republican. That's what they're trying to do. Don't let him get away with it. TeamHerschel.com, I want the biggest night. Very strange analysis there, thinking that the reason why, I guess, in uh, his eyes, children of color don't grow up to become Republicans is because simply they don't see grown-up uh, people of color who are Republicans now they grow up and they learn that the Republican Party isn't advocating uh, on behalf of their interests that's what happens next moment he makes some very blatant and bizarre accusations against Raphael Warnock and lies about what he stands for
2: believe that how in the world could a man like him believe in no cash bail because i can tell you why because i called him a marxist and people said why were you calling that because you want to abolish the police that's a- it,
0: we can't forget that the way he uh conveys his thoughts is so bizarre just there and then i'll continue it he said uh, why in the world would he support no cash bail i'll tell you why because i called him a marxist wait he doesn't he doesn't support no cash bail because you called him a marxist or he does support no cash bail. Strange. marches
2: Marxist, in my opinion, that's what he wanted to do. And then I said, "Well, why would you ask would you call him a Marxist? Because he wanted to abolish the court system. They asked a question in the debate about that, and he wouldn't answer it. y'all heard him. He wouldn't answer the question. I had to answer it for him. y'all saw him doing that. He got to the point, I'm answering his question for him, trying to make him look good. And he's talking about. So I can tell you right now, I don't think he. Le-
0: so, do I have to fact-check? or um, debunk the thought or the idea, the statement that Raphael Warnock wants to abolish both the police and the court system. No, official Luke Beasley show fact check. Raphael Warnock, in fact, does not want to abolish the police nor the court system. So weird how you just get to say whatever you want. This clip is particularly quiet, sorry about that. I'm trying to boost as much as possible, but he says something an interesting thought about pronouns. Hey,
2: But we have people in Washington, like Senator Why Not and Joe Biden, that want to bring pronouns, pronoun, pronouns in our military. Are you serious? What is a pronoun?
0: I can tell you this: my pronoun is sick and tired of this. My pronoun is sick and tired of this, is what he said. So if you missed it because it was really quiet, um, he said, "pronoun. What's a pronoun? They want to bring pronouns in our military. Pronoun. What's a pronoun? My pronoun is sick and tired of this." And it's funny because I think with Herschel Walker, he might be honest about that. Some people might know exactly what they're doing and pretending to be very ignorant about some of these things, but then uh, portraying themselves in some kind of way. Whereas Herschel Walker, when he says, I don't know what a pronoun is or what's a pronoun, maybe he's actually being serious. Because I do hear, especially Herschel Walker, the way he phrases stuff like that, they want to bring pronouns into our military. That's outrageous misunderstand that what you're trying to criticize, I'll help you out, what you're trying to criticize is people either volunteering their pronouns um, at the top of whatever, you know, meetings or something like that, putting it in their email subject line, not subject line, uh, you know, byline or whatever it is, or people having the pronouns that they identify with being used by other people. That's what you're trying to criticize. But all it sounds like you're criticizing is the concept of pronouns, which I promise the military, since the very beginning, has used pronouns. <laughs> they say he, she, all the time, I can tell you, all the time. Um, but of course, that's probably not what he's trying to say. Very funny. Um, and someone needs to explain to him what a pronoun is, because he's, he's asking. Last little funny thing, The Good Liars, which puts out a lot of hilarious content, um, posted this a little flyer that they are jokingly putting around or uh, photoshopping in can't tell if that's real or not It looks photoshopped definitely it is Um, into Herschel Walker events and it says welcome to the Herschel Walker rally if you are here for Herschel's campaign speech please form a line on the left if if Herschel got you pregnant and you're here to collect money for an abortion please form a line to the right pretty good lots of people they also were the ones who hilariously walked up on stage at a Herschel Walker event and tried to hand him condoms because clearly he's not great at being consistent with using those. Otherwise, we want to have all of these stories of him wanting to get abortions. Holy smokes. Wild, wild stuff going on in Herschel Walker's world. A very bizarre outburst happened on CNN on one of these panels where they bring on, you know, a liberal, former Obama advisor and then a Republican guy and it was all going fine a very fascinating conversation was actually developing and then for some reason two of the correspondents just got really irritated at each other and started making huge jabs specifically one of them who looks over you'll see this but I gotta warn you for what's coming and says do you have any friends Uh, you're such a jerk on CNN as if it was a bunch of children so the subject that they're talking about in this clip is the uh, Latino vote, how Republicans reach out to them, how Democrats reach out to them, why they do better in different states, what it is, and this is what develops. I,
3: look, I think Republicans are rolling in Florida largely because of the outreach uh, uh, that she was talking about that the Republicans have done. And I think the Republican office holders down there have started to treat Latin, uh, Latino voters, Hispanic voters, like they're Every other American that has concerns that are broader than just immigration reform. I think when you get in trouble in politics is when you say you have a certain identity characteristic. Therefore, you are only allowed to care about Mm. this issue that I associate with your identity. So if you're a female voter and I tell you you're only allowed to care about abortion. Well, what if there are independent women that also care about, I don't know, inflation? You're you're leaving yourself out of that debate. I think that's what Democrats have done. With Latino voters in Florida and Texas. I don't agree with Jim about Arizona. It looks to me like Republicans are probably going to win the governor's race uh, in Arizona. And according to some polling masters is, is close to Kelly. I don't know if he's going to win, but it's, it's a very-
0: So we'll play it and we're getting close to the funny part, but the conversation is a, a very real one and one that I think would we need to have. Um, and the point that he's making, this is the Republican individual, but I do agree with uh, the broader point that Democrats need to make sure that and this is something i always advocate on behalf of not only do they honor people's identity in the way that plays a specific and unique role in their lives and the challenges that they face etc etc they also have to make clear regardless of your identity we want to get your vote because of this this is what we're going to do for you and we don't expect to get your vote just simply because you're hispanic just simply because you're a black voter just simply because you're LGBTQ. We're going to get your vote because we're going to improve your lives materially. We're going to do all of these things. Plus, we also respect your identity. We also uh, recognize more than the other side the unique challenges that may come along with that. Right. So that messaging does need to be focused on within the Democratic Party. And I think for a while, the phrase that people use is the Democratic Party will take certain groups for granted, certain voting populations, which I think is true. And we need to understand that we have to have a message. That appeals to you as a person regardless of your identity and you can also talk identity as well because um, all of that matters but people are not just gonna vote for you because you're the party who um, you know has less racists in it or whatever it is you know
4: money on that race
0: do I want to bet money? Yeah. Go
4: ahead, no, guys. <laughs> right I mean, you see. want to bet money on the Wait, governor's race? No, you're just holding the Republican line and everything you've said tonight. Let, let's be in the middle and talk about. So, Arizona is a great example. That wasn't even on the battlefield when you were in the White House or I was in the White House. Now, Democrats are winning presidential elections. They have both Senate seats, and you're saying they're doing.
0: I will say, if you've ever debated someone sitting this close, it's such a strange vibe. You can feel them right there as you're trying to uh, develop your own points you can probably smell his breath
4: enough with the tuna Butter Scott I, enough with the talking points
3: I, I'm saying that in are you saying that the democrat candidate for governor is currently doing well in Arizona No
4: I'm saying the democrats have won the presidential and both senate seats I am not disagreeing with there. you I'm in, saying in, in you this you election but you just said they were driving the, the Latino votes this, to, to the down in, in this are you saying election Mark Kelly's not going to win the US Senate race I don't
3: know it's close race I'm saying in this election republicans in many states most states are doing far better with hispanic voters than we usually do there is a clear movement in the polling and in some of the races that have already occurred this year of hispanic voters choosing republicans that's an absolute fact
4: so clear major- so they're winning a majority no i said
3: of voters? i said there's a movement towards republic not a majority i said there's a movement beyond what we normally get Come on, man. you are you disagreeing it is a, it is a fact no, that republicans have done better with hispanics
4: in, in arizona really so I, you've lost every statewide race in the past five years and you're doing better with Latino I, voters? Scott, come on, enough with the talking I, I feel, points. I feel, like, I feel
3: like your debate with our, Carl Rowe that our, you oh, had before you came here, like your ears are clogged. No, I, I,
4: I'm, I'm telling just you. concerned that the RNC gave you the talking points and now you can't shift.
3: I tell you but, what, man. Do you have a single friend? Guys, absolutely. Guys, jerk. well,
2: Guys, oh. stop. Oh my, I, I'm sorry. I don't. No, no, no.
3: I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't come on here and read talking points. You know me and you know me and you. I don't come on here and retalk. I, know, I don't even know but, you, but and you've come out here guys, and insulted me.
1: But the ad hominem attacks, let's just agree. I, 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 I don't I want to be accused okay. of re-talking right. points. It is, it is an absolute
0: there. Okay, so the first part of this is it's just funny to see people who are all serious turn into little children uh, for a moment there. But let's be honest, we can all recognize that probably on policy, the, the uh, former Obama advisor, whoever he was, who kept saying, stop doing the RNC talking points. Uh, we probably would agree with him more on most issues. But in this situation, he seemed needlessly um, provocative. I don't feel like the points that the Republican dude was making uh, were particularly Republican talking pointy, right? You do see that a lot in TV. Oh, this is just such a talking point. He actually was making a point that I think is generally interesting and has some depth to it. Um, about all of this. And what he's trying to highlight is, and I don't even care about the specifics of Arizona, why that was such a big deal. You wanna bet on who's gonna win? It doesn't matter. But with this, just the point of the shift we've seen from some minority populations to the Republican Party, that's significant. Now, it doesn't mean that they're even close to majorities in uh, those populations of votes, but it is a shift. Donald Trump got record. Uh, Uh, votes from communities that are disproportionately Democratic voters. And so that is something that the Democratic Party should be able to recognize and decide how they can adjust their messaging, adjust their policy priorities to hopefully address that. Very strange that the Democratic dude got really upset by that. Um, Again, I don't know what context, maybe earlier in their conversation, he was saying a bunch of dishonest things or he saw a previous interview with him. But in that moment, I really didn't understand why there was so much tension. A lot of it initially coming from the Democratic correspondent and then obviously the Republican made the, do you have any friends? (laughs) Which is such a childish response. Do you have any friends? Oh, you're such a jerk. (laughs) But I do think uh, the conversation that was being had on that panel is deeply fascinating and should be discussed more. We can't take any group for granted and a lot of groups we think too often as a monolith when they really aren't and we need to come up with a message that appeals to voters in all walks of life because I do think that the Democratic Party um, when you take even though they have tons of issues on their own when you take the comparison between the two in the weird system where we only got two options that we have disproportionately good policy proposals and good policy actions are coming from the Democratic Party and making that a clear message that people buy into is really important JD Vance got pressed on Fox News and y'all know my general feelings about Fox News but this was what you should do in interviews like this they pressed the living stink out of JD Vance because if they Ask a question in this setting it was about uh, abortion uh, regulations specifically exceptions right so what exceptions are you for and JD Vance of course the Republican nominee for Senate in Ohio very close race going on there against Tim Ryan he was very bizarrely avoiding giving specifics and so what they were wanting to hear is either no exceptions or the life of the mother or life mother incest um, rape But he wouldn't specify even rape. He just kept saying, listen, I want to protect as many lives as possible. Cool. That's not a policy position. That's a wish um, and a prayer. (laughs) You know what I mean? So take a look at this. And again, good job on the part of these hosts at continually making him uh, answer this question to the point where it became so clear that he was doing the typical politician thing of avoiding the question
5: in 2020 as well that the polls in advance of the uh, election day weren't exactly accurate but let me let me stick with it for just a moment because women voters are going to be an important aspect of this uh, election and when you take a look at the new Siena and marist polls it would seem as though tim ryan has got quite a A a big advantage in terms of women voters Siena has got him up 54 38 percent in women uh, got him up 50 to 39 percent in in, uh, women in the Marist poll you have a big advantage among male voters 55 to 37 in Siena 54 to 39 uh, in Marist Uh, a lot of people say that divide is being driven by abortion and we do know that you are in support of Lindsey Graham's 15-week ban on abortion but where do you come down on the issue of exceptions to that, if, you know, in the case of rape, incest, or, or, or other particular... Um...
0: I will say, and then we'll let them answer, it's interesting the point they're raising because it's one we talked about a lot and it's absolutely playing a huge role in this midterm election. And that is that uh, the level, the magnitude that women turn out in this election is going to very much decide who ends up holding the uh, power within the house senate um, or both and so we'll see but it's it's such a stressful moment because we're getting all these different mixed messages and all these different predictions and the polls now look a lot worse for democrats than they did before but there's also a lot of voter turnout early which is usually good for the democrats and it's just ah kind of want the election to just happened so i can stop stressing out but continue with this clip exceptions
6: Yeah, John, so I'm very pro-life and not ashamed of it. Of course, you have to have some some reasonable exceptions here, but I just want to save as many lives as possible. I think that's the goal of a (laughs) pro-life.
0: Again, we'll let this continue, but what a slippery answer. What exceptions do you support? Listen, we absolutely have to have some reasonable exceptions. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to protect as many lives as possible. Oh, cool. So that did not answer my question at all.
6: Life policy. So, so what's make it easier for you? young moms to afford health care. Make it make, make it easier for people to afford um, you know afford adoption services if they need yeah. to. But I, I actually don't buy john that we're way behind with women voters i think there's a really really big groundswell of women voters who are really angry about inflation really angry about crime especially in our big cities in the state of ohio Uh, and i I think because of that we're going to do very very well with women voters with men voters with everybody come come election day
5: yeah i'm sorry let me just drill down on that you said reasonable exceptions what exceptions are reasonable to you
6: Well, look, I I think it's always hard to say every single possible exception. My goal, like I said, John, is to save as many lives as possible to
0: try to. What? That's such a strange answer. It it would be impossible for me to say. Well, then how would you decide how to legislate? What are you talking about?
6: Protect as many unborn babies as possible. I I do think that different states are going to handle the situation a little bit.
0: No. Okay. So then you would have to admit that you'll put the unborn, uh, being over the life of the mother right if you're saying i just want to protect as many unborn as possible the way you would do that <laughs> is to say no exceptions at all which i don't think you'll want to admit to that um, but that's probably a stance is why he's slipping around this so much
6: differently. That's why I kind of like Lindsey Graham's approach because it sets a minimum national standard while giving the states a big amount of room to negotiate and figure out their individual abortion policies. I think that's the right approach, especially now when we're still trying to figure out what the world looks like in this post-Roe versus
0: Wade world. I can tell you what the world looks like. Some people want to reestablish the right that was there before Roe v Wade was overturned and some people are celebrating their ability to take those rights away. Not that hard to understand. We don't need to wait and see what happens. I think we need to act now, but of course, maybe I don't want him to act now because that would probably end poorly for America
6: um but 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 look i'm pro life and i'm not ashamed of it i think there are a lot of voters male and female who just feel like i do that they want us to be a pro family a pro child a pro baby state and i think that's where we're headed
2: right, i'm going to move on but one last chance for voters to hear what those exceptions might be
6: But guys, I, I, I think that I, I, I like I okay. said, one obvious exception, of course, is you got to make sure that, you know, you have life of the mother protected. There are other exceptions as well. Okay. My view is we want to save as many lives as okay. possible.
0: All right. Ugh, ugh. What a dishonest response. Holy smokes. Third follow-up question. Again, credit to them. You don't see that happen on cable news very often. Most of the time they give the one politician answer and they move on. Uh, I would love to see every interview from now on, on every network, every show, every platform, to come to a screeching and complete halt whenever politicians give those answers and just, awesome, I'm gonna ask the question again, awesome, I'm gonna ask the question again, and just over and over until they give you uh, the answer that is more more truthful. Um, but the only thing he would admit to is, okay, yes for the life of the mother so not rape not incest and it shows you where he stands on these issues likely he doesn't even probably love the idea because he didn't suggest it very early on of the life of the mother and that's what we're seeing people pretend of of course we're going to make exceptions for the life of the mother but then that's not the case a lot of these terrible uh, laws we're seeing get passed in states actually threatening the lives of others significantly and are not structured in a way that takes that into concern just shows you the mayhem that um, erupts whenever you take away the ability from the person who is producing the being to decide if they want to continue producing that being with that being said um, let's take a look at the polling in this race right now somehow jd vance in ohio obviously ohio's more red but it's a tight race. JD Vance, his average, at least according to Real Clear Politics, has him up uh, 2.2 points. And so it's pretty much a toss up. And this could go either way. Uh, of course, we'll be covering it. Very good strategy taking place from a number of individuals, different groups. Um, trying to get trump to testify in front of the january 6th select committee so of course he was subpoenaed by the committee meaning that in a legal sense he should have to go but we understand there's a million different stall tactics and we'll see how that all actually plays out but there's a lot of people who want him to actually testify namely people on the left and the tactic that they're using to try to get him to do that is beautiful and it's to call out the fact that maybe you're not man enough or Mr. Strongman can't testify what are you scared because if you were to make some moral argument you should respect the process and go blah 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 blah. Trump's not gonna care but if you call him out for not being strong enough to testify that might get him Um, and regardless of if he sees this or not it is gonna be a funny taunt uh, taunting moment to anyone who does see it who supports him so take a look at this from Midas touch just a great ad they put together uh, on this subject.
7: What's the matter Donald? The January 6th committee subpoenaed you and you're not going to show
2: you said you're such a
7: strong man You aren't a coward. Are you you aren't guilty? Are you are you that afraid of Liz Cheney? They say you threw hamburgers at the wall. Well, your supporters know you would never waste a good hamburger. Oh, please won't you come? Testify, Donald unless you're scared. Midas Touch is responsible for the content of this advert.
4: Ooh,
0: unless you're scared. I don't know what would happen if Trump actually testified. That would be mayhem. Um, Just seeing him clash and they're cutting off his mic and they're asking him, you know, to listen to the full question and stop lying. But what the people around Trump are really afraid of is him getting um, stuck on a perjury charge because he's gonna go there and what are they gonna do there are gonna ask some questions about all of these subjects surrounding January 6 about the election and the only way that he feels um, you know comfortable in that moment is to scream about all the lies he's aware of um, in regard to the election which could lead to uh, perjury taking place so Nancy Pelosi seems to be taking a similar tactic.
1: Speaking, of, speaking of democracy on the ballot. <laughs> All right, Take it to the bank. I have to ask you about the January 6th committee. On Friday, they officially mm-hmm. subpoenaed Donald Trump. Do you think he'll actually appear for the deposition? And what does it say to the American people if he doesn't?
2: I don't think he's man enough to show up.
0: There we go. We covered that previously, but it applies nicely um in tandem with that Midas touch ads. so that will be the most likely way i would love to see the lincoln project and uh, organizations like that run ads on fox news and florida and wherever he is at any given moment as they've done before to make sure he sees it because i think i'm not even sure if you would necessarily get a lot of value and inf- valuable information out of him testifying But I do think you could create this moment that is both so historic and also so uh, clear to the American public and so many eyes would be on it where he is exposed for the lies he's been telling and the context that has been developed and nicely uh, conveyed by the committee up until now ending with him having to answer for some of the information that was revealed throughout this process would be very fascinating to me. So we'll see. He has been subpoenaed. Um, And apparently, he is now required to turn over documents and show up himself by November 14th, I think was the figure um, or the date. But we'll see what he does to try to prevent that from happening. John Fetterman spoke at a recent campaign event and addressed again the fact that, listen, the debate wasn't great. I I absolutely had trouble um, because of the stroke that I've recently had. But one of the things I like that he's been doing Especially I noticed it in the debate. I'm not sure in previous rallies possibly as well uh, He's leaning into the uh, stroke instead of Ignoring or avoiding that as a subject. He's proactively talking about listen. What happened to me is I got knocked down and I'm getting back up and that's what this campaign is about helping people in Pennsylvania who have been knocked down and are trying to get back up and so I think such an honest and um correct way to frame your own trials you know tribulations, your own issues um, and things that you're overcoming obstacles that you're working to overcome and it comes off as the exact opposite um than you avoiding the subject right because you're just addressing it head-on with that being said let's take a look at this i have
7: to tell you like and i'm gonna ask you for the choice last night Last night I was with Dr. Oz. And tonight, tonight, I get to, I get to be with Dave Matthews. so.
0: I did notice too, in this type of setting, he's much more comfortable. The debate did seem to be a very uncomfortable setting, even on top of his stroke, just generally was kind of maximum difficulty with the current things he's working through.
7: Trust me, that's a pretty good choice. You know. Yeah. And and honestly, of course, is to be honest you, know, doing that debate wasn't exactly easy. You know. Knew it. Knew it wasn't gonna be easy after, you know, having a stroke after five five months. In fact, yeah,
0: So just so you know, uh, for podcast listeners, or even if you're having a hard time making out, he's just getting a lot of public responses or or positive responses from his uh, crowd.
7: In in, In fact, I don't think that's ever been done before in American political history before, actually. You know, after that stroke, I got knocked down, but I got back up. And I'm going to fight for everyone in Pennsylvania who ever got knocked down that ever had to get back up.
0: Yeah, so you see what I mean? It's just a nice way to be honest about the fact that I'm not uh, at my best right now. And I'm recovering still. But at least what I've provided for my doctor is to say that I'll be able to recover and be able to do the job. And uh, have the policies that you guys clearly support um, but on top of that let's be honest this is actually a great example of what I'm fighting for here in Pennsylvania which is to uh, uplift those who have been knocked down and help them in their uh, pursuit to get back up and be stronger and all those things which I I really like that that's a good strong message I think because for a while it seemed that the Oz campaign was being pretty brutal and attacking Fetterman for his stroke at one point saying maybe if he ate more vegetables he wouldn't have had a stroke Um, But then the uh, Fetterman campaign would kind of respond in a way that is Indicating it's kind of a low blow for them to do that, but not fully leaning into it's totally okay And it represents who I am that I'm fighting through this Um, but that's the strategy I'm seeing now which I do like and it seems like his supporters like it too. We've seen uh, two million dollars since the debate donated to John Fetterman. Here is the White House press secretary getting asked about Fetterman and if Biden feels comfortable with his uh, mental capacity or or that subject.
5: Have said that uh, the president finds the Pennsylvania Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman to be impressive and a capable individual. After last night's debate, does he have any concerns? about Fetterman?
4: Not at all. Look, Fetterman, as we know, he's also lieutenant governor. He's been able to, to serve in that role. He is, I've also said, the president sees him as an authentic advocate for the middle class. And that matters. And so the president has been with uh, lieutenant governor for quite for, for quite some time over the past several months. He was just there a week ago today when we were in Pittsburgh talking about the Fern Hollow Bridge that collapsed about in January Where the president talked about the bipartisan infrastructure law law that helped really uh, not just create jobs but also is going to help build that bridge back up in less than a year and those are the things that the president's going to continue to speak to as
0: you know got it uh, so Biden not too concerned and I've said I think it's perfectly fair to be concerned I think we should have leaders who are completely mentally uh, capable of the job I just think the claim being made by the Fetterman team, is he is going to get back there, um, and he's still completely able, completely intelligent. There's just the block right now, based on the symptoms of his stroke that he's still recovering from, between the the uh, you know mental side of things and the communicating, manifesting that uh, to a communication um, ability. And so, I think again, fair conversation to bring up, and I think the Fetterman campaign is responding perfectly fine to it. Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis seem to be rubbing more and more each day. Two big moments that represent that for you uh, right now. The first is uh, Dave Rubin was talking with uh, Megyn Kelly and asked him or asked Rubin asked Megyn Kelly about DeSantis possibly facing off with Trump and could he ever survive that and Megyn Kelly unequivocally said no, DeSantis could never and Trump posted that video with I AGREE in all caps, pretty clearly calling out DeSantis and saying don't challenge me. Pretty. Pretty interesting development. Take a look. If they got on a stage, you you don't think that
6: DeSantis is, is crafty enough or no. stands
0: enough? To, really, no. I don't even think that a little. Um, I think Trump sucks up all the energy in every room, no matter what. And even someone as skilled as a politician and smart policy-wise as DeSantis can't overcome that. He can't you really think the hardcore MAGA is going to abandon Trump for DeSantis? They're not. They they like DeSantis but they
3: don't think it's his turn. They think Trump was screwed out of his last election, that he was screwed out of his first term by all the craziness, and the Russia Gate, and so on. And they think he's he is entitled. He deserves another shot at it. Like the hardcore Trump faithful is unshakable. They like DeSantis, but they would never cross Trump for him. And they think that DeSantis owes his political career to Trump. Like if forced to choose, they will choose Trump. So DeSantis can't take him down. It's like the line in war games, the only winning move is not to play. DeSantis has got to either be crowned by Trump
0: um, or he shouldn't run. He won't win over Trump. I, I'll stand by that. You can play it against me if I'm wrong but I won't be." Interesting, I think I agree with her, yeah. Um, both Dave Rubin and Megyn Kelly are not particularly um, admired individuals on the part of me. <laughs> I do not admire either of them but I agree with that take from her and it's funny to see if you weren't watching, if you're listening right now, um, the video we just played was A screen recording of Trump's feed so you watch the video but on top of it Trump says I agree in all caps Um, and so the reason why that's significant is not because Trump believes that or wants people to believe that that's obvious it's that he feels threatened enough to call DeSantis out like that and stop pretending to be complete allies as they have even though we know behind the scenes there's not really a lot of love lost between them Um, but they pretend publicly to be hunky-dory, and that's getting less and less uh, the case. And it seems Trump wants people to know that he will not stand for DeSantis attempting to run in 2024. But as we saw in the recent debate between Ron DeSantis and Charlie Crist, Ron DeSantis refused to say that he would commit to serving out his four uh, years as governor, meaning he's wanting to keep his options open for running in 2024 for president that would take him out of being governor. And uh, that was an interesting dynamic means he's actually really thinking about it. And if Trump ends up announcing, is there any chance DeSantis would announce and try to run against him? That's pretty intense. And I think the best political decision for DeSantis actually would be to uh, hold off, let Trump do what he's going to do And then go after now again Trump and DeSantis both scare me deeply so neither of these options are good but just from a purely analytical kind of politics perspective I do think that would be the best role because if DeSantis comes out against Trump the only way he's gonna win is to be pretty aggressive and knock Trump down but in the process you're gonna split the Republican Party pretty severely and I don't think you would be able to win a general election after that and even if you could uh, the chance of you losing and then being politically ruined forever after that is a pretty large chance. And so that's a gamble to take on the part of DeSantis, but we'll see how it plays out. The second uh thing that's interesting that's a little uh behind the scenes clash we'll say between DeSantis and Trump from politico, Trump to hold a rally in Florida with Rubio, but not DeSantis. Very interesting piece here. Former President Donald Trump is coming to Miami just two days before election day. But one Republican won't be there, Governor Ron DeSantis, not yet anyway. Trump on Wednesday said he'll hold a rally with Senator Marco Rubio on November 6th. DeSantis was left off the announcement and an advisor to the former president said the Florida governor is not attending. The apparent snub angered some people within DeSantis's orbit who complained that the Florida governor's team was not informed of the rally prior to Trump announcing it. The timing of the Trump and Rubio event means any campaign event DeSantis holds that day won't get as much attention during the all-important final stretch of the 2022 midterms. Uh, That is brutal on the part of the uh, Trump team because that's an obvious snub. You're going to go in Florida, you're going to campaign for the senatorial candidate incumbent Republican Marco Rubio but not only leave another prominent Republican running who you're supposed to be allies with and you could also campaign jointly with you're also um, not even gonna notify them up front that that's happening yikes and then as it highlighted if Rubio uh, and Trump have their event but then DeSantis isn't a part of it it really will take the attention away from DeSantis that day and make it harder for him to have effective campaign events at the exact same time, which is hilarious. So hopefully that uh, strife between them continues to uh, get more severe and it'll split up the Republican Party, weaken them. That would be ideal. Fascinating stuff going on there. More information is coming out about the disgusting and vile nature of Uh, Formerly known Kanye West, now known Ye, uh, who not only said all the things we have heard and we've discussed already about the going, he called it Death Con 3 on all Jewish people and the things he texted to uh, someone else and the uh, B. Diddy, there we go, and the... uh, Shoot, sorry, that completely mixed me up. I was like, "That is that the artist that I'm thinking of? And then on top of that, the interviews he's done where he's just completely off of the rails. But now, more information is coming out about how not only is he extremely anti-Semitic and all of those things, he's just a Nazi. He's just an actual Nazi and is obsessed with Adolf Hitler. Whoa. Look at uh, from CNN. Several people who were once close to the artist formerly known as Kanye West told CNN that he has long been fascinated by Adolf Hitler and once wanted to name an album after the Nazi leader. Now, I know what you're thinking. I'm going to cut this so you can't read the rest of the article and then I'll read it in a second. Oh, Luke, maybe he's just fascinated at how evil of a character Adolf Hitler is and he's not fascinated like he wants to... Um follow that or admires those actions, but as it continues, a business executive who worked for West, who now goes by Ye, told CNN that the artist created a hostile work environment in part through his obsession with Hitler. Quote, he would praise, let me start that over, he would praise Hitler by saying how incredible it was that he was able to accumulate so much power and talk about all the great things he and the Nazi party achieved for the German people. You know, all those great things like murdering 6 million Jewish people. The executive left his position and reached a settlement with West and some of his companies over workplace complaints, including harassment, which CNN has reviewed. The former executive asked not to be named due to a confidentiality agreement and fear of retribution by West. According to the agreement, West denied the executive's allegations, I'm sure. The executive told CNN that West spoke openly about reading Mein Kampf, Hitler's 1925 uh, autobiographical manifesto and expressed his admiration for the Nazis and Hitler for their use of propaganda. The individual stated that people in West's inner circle were fully aware of his interest in Hitler. Four sources told CNN that West had originally suggested the title Hitler for his 2018 album that eventually released as Yay. They did not want to be named, citing concern for professional retribution. Oh, my goodness. So when you hear someone and part of the reason that we call out so aggressively anti-Semitism is because if you're willing to say the things that he said publicly, clearly there is some dark, dark stuff under the surface about what you really feel because people who think normally about the world don't process events in the way that Kanye West did, or yay. Uh, And what I mean by that is we were watching the Chris Cuomo interview with him. And one of the things he said was, listen, all these executives in the music industry have screwed me over, and they were Jewish. And to him, he then takes that to say there's this huge conspiracy of Jewish people to hold me down, to oppress me, and that's why I need to go after them. A normal uh, person sees a music executive who happens to be Jewish. Clearly them being Jewish has nothing to do with the negative actions you feel they took. But if you see the world through a Nazi lens, and I'm not using that term, um, you know, I'm not broadly using that just to call anyone racist a Nazi. He's an actual Nazi, as we're finding out here. I think if you follow Hitler in a way of admiration and you respect him for what he did, you're a Nazi, uh, that is when you start seeing the world in such a dangerous way, as clearly Ye does. And for him, everything that's happening right now, if you watch some of his interviews, it's bizarre. He describes everything that's happening as this big conspiracy of the Jewish media and the Jewish this and the Jewish that coming after him and trying to oppress him. And it's very scary and it makes you wonder uh, what the full extent of his ideology is as someone who hopefully it's diminishing but has had such a huge following. So many people look up to him, so many people um, follow him very closely that it's dangerous to understand this as his larger um, worldview. So it just keeps getting worse with Ye and very disturbing stuff coming out of all of this thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show quickly before you go if you're listening to the podcast version of the show um, please don't forget if you want to get the full video version of the show plus a weekly bonus show on saturday so you know how most political shows run monday through friday okay so they do the show monday through friday and i've experienced as someone who watches a lot of political media I get a little bummed out when the weekend comes specifically not generally i love the weekend but specifically about the topic of media because it's like ah oh, no new shows are happening and i don't have anything new to watch i guess i'll have to go find things i missed during the week well if you become a member at patreon.com slash and this is in the description of all the podcasts uh you will get access to a full extra show on saturdays so that you have a little bit more content on the weekend Um, as a thank you for being a supporter as low as five dollars to get access to all this uh, content and then on top of that separate from any transaction that's going on like you're supporting the show so we're trying to give you extra content it's also just extremely helpful if you support what I do support what we do and want to help it continue to live that is a great way to do so so again patreon.com slash Luke Beasley you can find that link in the podcast description with that being said Um, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow.